Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the awesome new February 18th message titled, Living by Divine Principle, Promise, Direction. Greetings, Digital Cathedral family. Glad you're with me once again on this Sunday morning. Hope you've had a good week and look forward to even a better week, strong week. All right, we want to get into some things today that I think are going to help you, going to aid you. I want to be very practical this morning. I try, I try to be practical at the Digital Cathedral uh, to help you just put boots on the ground, walk out this message, this tremendous message that God has blessed us with, a message that we get continual revelation on. So I hope this morning that we can just put another brick in the wall. Fair enough. I'm going to kind of tie into what I did last Sunday morning. If you didn't have an opportunity to listen to that teaching, you might go ahead and listen to it sometime during the week, and you'll see how this kind of dovetails into what we were into last week, but I want to explore it a little deeper uh, with a little different slant to it. Fair enough? So we're talking about living a life that is the Christ as us life. We've come through some phases in our life where we live for Jesus. Now it's a lot of work, man, trying to live for Jesus, trying to make him happy, trying to keep up. Then we went through a phase where Christ was living through us, and that was a lot of work too because we wanted to make sure this vessel was clean, and so we're purifying ourselves. We've come to a place where what John 4.17 says is that we in this world can live as he is. It's his life that is being expressed as us as we walk out our daily life, okay? So I think I want to start with a familiar passage of Scripture, but I think it really illustrates what we're talking about, which is the key to daily living this Christ is us life is getting a firm grip, and not just a mental understanding, but getting a firm grip on the fact that we are one with him, that we are in union with him. There's no separation. There's no distance. There's no time between us. And yet, we, we retain our distinctive purpose. And I'm probably going to use that word distinction several times this morning because I'm going to hone down on the oneness that we have with him, the union we have with him. And there are some people that mistake that to mean that I am him. No, I'm not him. He's the head of the body. I'm a member of the body. He's the head of the body of Christ. I'm a member of the body of Christ. Our DNA is the same. But our function is different. I will never be the head of the body of Christ. I don't care what you think, what you say, what you confess. You're not going to ever be the head. But there is a distinctiveness in the roles that we fulfill in our oneness and in our union. So let's explore that today. <clears throat> and I want to give you some very practical things that you can tell how, how when this life of union is beginning to express itself. But let me just lay some groundwork first before I get to that. Some very supernatural ways that uh, I would almost guarantee that are beginning to uh, surface and beginning to demonstrate in your life, even this morning on February the 18th, 2024. Let me begin over in John chapter 15. Such a familiar passage of scripture, and yet it highlights. When I start with the scripture, usually at the Digital Cathedral, I like to start with a familiar scripture because it gets your mind thinking in the flow of where I want to take you when we do our teaching. All right, I'm just going to read first five verses of John chapter 15. 
Jesus speaking. It's in red. He said, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. You are clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. Abide in me. This is union. We're talking about oneness. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the fine, Vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now this fifth verse, I'm going to make some uh, salient points about it, but let me just read it. Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branch. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Much fruit. I like the much. Bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You got that down? Let me read that fifth, fifth verse again. I'm the vine, you're the branch. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now those five verses right there, I think gave us a, give us a great insight into what it means to live the Christ as us life. The overriding truth that's given to us in, in those five verses is the absolute need for the branch to remain connected to the vine and that the branch and the vine operate as one together. There's a oneness of the two, no separation between the branch and the vine, and yet there is distinction. The branch will never be the vine, and the vine will never fulfill the function of the branch. So what is the role? What's the function? Let me say it like this. The purpose and role of the vine is to supply what is needed to the branch to bear fruit or to bear whatever is needed. The role of the branch is to simply manifest. The role of the branch is to simply show the effect of what the vine sends to it or gives it nutrients to produce. The vine and the branch are two and yet they form one. So Jesus said, notice that fifth verse, Jesus said he's the vine, he's the supplier, he's the one that distributes, he's the one that gives, and we are the branch. And what we do as a branch is to show the effects or the fruit of what the vine abundantly provides to the branch. And I see three things in that, in that, 15, in that five, fifth verse. John chapter 1 verse 5, I see three things there. Let me read the verse again. I'll point them out to you. Fifth verse says this, I'm the vine, you're the branch. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. What I see there is a principle, a promise, and a directive. A principle, a promise, and a directive. The principle is this. Principle is this. Without me you can do nothing. We need to establish that in our thinking because there's a lot of stuff floating around that would lead us to think or try to lead us to think that we can do this all by ourselves. No, you can't. Jesus said, I'm a Jesus guy, okay? I, I'm, I'm a branch guy. So the, the principle is without him, we can do nothing. The promise is we will bear much fruit. And the directive is abide in him. So the, the title of the teaching today that, I, that you'll see at the very, very start of the video, the teaching this morning, is living out or living through the principle, the promise, and the directive. And when you put those three together, it actually begins to show you what 
this life of union is all about. Living the Christ is us life is being continually conscious of the fact that as a branch, I am connected every day, all day, every week, all year to the vine. And knowing that out of that oneness, my life's going to be productive. In fact, when I look back over my life, I can see that the most productive times in my life were the times that I was fully aware, fully conscious, that it was he that was in me that was doing the work, and it wasn't me through my effort, through my, my diligence and discipline that was able to, to pull off what it was that I was attempting. Now, the air of religion, one among many, is the teaching in the belief that supply is something that comes to us, that there's this sky God out there, and it's our, our job to beg and plead our case to the sky God and to, to push in. Man, we used to do some strong pushing. Push into the things of God until we felt we had the victory. Rather than, rather than, as these five verses point out, rather than understanding that the supply that I need comes from the resources of the kingdom that is within me or from the vine that I am connected with. So as a result of us thinking that supply comes from the outside, from the sky God, through, you know, I, I don't know how, what I thought for years I would appear, but I just thought if I prayed to God and could really let him know what my need was and, and, and you know, make it strong, that's, that he would answer my prayer. Well, it seems like I had more prayers, far more, that were not answered than were answered. And it's because I didn't understand the principles that I'm teaching you this morning. I didn't understand the principle that without him I could do nothing. I didn't understand the promise that I would bear much fruit. And I certainly didn't keep with the directive that I needed to abide in him and look to him as, as the absolute source. So I spent a great deal of time in prayer for things to be given to me, for things to come to me, rather than developing an awareness that I am connected to the vine or the oneness that we have with the Father through the Son and the Spirit, and that the vine branch connection will produce those things which I need. Jesus, Jesus said, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33? He said, seek first the kingdom of God. That's connection. He said, stay connected, keep focused on the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. We spend time asking God to add the things to us, but we didn't understand the connection to the kingdom. We were looking externally rather than looking internally to the kingdom that is, is, that is within us. Now, Jesus demonstrated what I'm talking about this morning. He demonstrated what I'm teaching. I want you to notice throughout the Gospels, Jesus never prayed for supply for himself. Jesus never prayed for money, never prayed for a new donkey. He, he never prayed for food, never prayed for health. The entire concentration of Jesus, and John, if you read the Gospel of John, it's just throughout the Gospel. The concentration of Jesus was to, to um to really hone in on the oneness and the union that he had with the Father. And the amazing thing is that the Father supplied to Jesus everything that he needed. You say, well, that was Jesus. No, Jesus is teaching us how to live as he is in this present world. And there again, John caught that revelation. In him 
we, we can live as he is in this present world. John 4.17 says, in this is love perfected. It casts out all fear, and it brings us the understanding and production that as he is, so are we in this world. So the Father supplied to Jesus everything Jesus need, needed. And all Jesus did was to demonstrate the effect of his connection, his oneness, his consciousness with the Father because they were one. I mean, Jesus isn't just throwing this out there. Jesus modeled what I'm teaching this morning. He's, he modeled the supply and the effect that that oneness had with the Father. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. I hope, I'm, I, hope I, don't, I, I don't want to lose you on this this morning. Let's just back up one chapter. We read uh, John 15, 1 to 5. Let me back up to John chapter 14. Let me read verse 10. Here's, here's Jesus. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, vine branch connection, and the Father is in me? Now here's, here's how Jesus began to produce. This is, this is the lesson in a, in a nutshell this morning. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. Jesus did not look to a father that was outside of him. He said, the father that is in me, he does the work. All right, you got that down? All right, let's back it up again. Let's get another insight from John. In John chapter 3, I think it's along about verse 35. I'll know when I get there. John chapter 3, yes, verse 35. John said that this is an observation of, of John. He said, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hands, right? John observed in looking at the life of Jesus that the father was the source and Jesus manifested the effects of that connection, of that oneness, of that source. That's powerful. I want, to, I want that just to settle into you. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The Father saw that Jesus needed uh, money to pay taxes. So what did he do? He supplied it. He directed Jesus from within to get the supply. He saw that Jesus needed a donkey. So what did he do? He it, it let Jesus know exactly where there was one and the donkey was prepared and ready to go needed to feed the multitudes. Jesus heard the Father tell him exactly how to do it. See, what I, what I want you to see is all of this came from within Jesus. It didn't come because he, he fasted and prayed and looked for God out there to meet his need. He, he listened from within. Things didn't just appear out of thin air, come on. See, he, he does everything as us. The Father does everything as us. He will either direct you to it or bring it to you, one of, the, one of the two ways. But it all is the working of the kingdom and the supply that is within us. So what did Jesus do? Jesus stayed connected. He was fully conscious. Jesus walked out a life that was fully conscious of the Father's oneness with him, and he stayed connected as a branch to the vine. Let me, let me show you the consciousness. Here's the mindset of Jesus. And let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. Here's the mindset of Jesus. Of my own self, I can do nothing. 
He was totally dependent. The branch was totally dependent on the vine. He said, I'm only going to say what I hear the Father say. Now, where did he hear the Father say what he said? He heard it from within. He heard it, he heard it arising from within. It wasn't a voice that just echoed from out there someplace. And he said, I'm only going to do what I see the Father do. What I want you to see is that was the mindset of Jesus, and it was a mindset of total connection, oneness, union. And yet there was distinction between the Father and the Son, and yet they're one. There is union and oneness with you, with the Father, through the Son and the Spirit. They've invited you into the perichoritic dance, and yet there is distinction. All right, let's move on. John chapter 8. I'd like to stick with John this morning as much as possible. I'm going to get to some ways in just a couple minutes that's going to let you know, and you're going to observable ways that you can see that what I'm talking about this morning, that the effects of the, of the vine branch connection are actually stirring and beginning to manifest and to work in your life. John chapter 8, verse 27. John chapter 8. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, verse 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He, and I do nothing of myself. He said it again. He repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. He did not do anything of Himself. Why have we spent all of our life trying to do things ourselves? Because we didn't understand the connection that we had with the Father. We didn't understand the divine branch union with distinction. He said, I do nothing of myself. As the Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. Now, here's a, here's a very key statement. The Father has not left me alone. You ever feel like the Father left you alone? You ever feel like he's a million miles away? Like you're talking to... It's because we haven't developed that consciousness. I'm, I, I'm saying to you this morning, there is a place you step over the line and you know that you know that you know that the Father's with you at all times. You say, well, what if I don't feel like it? Your feeling like him being with you has nothing to do with it. It comes from building the consciousness that he is always with you. And the time that Jesus spent alone, Jesus went off by himself often. Do you know why? Because he was developing, he was building the consciousness of the Father. This assurance that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So that he could proclaim there's no separation, there's no division. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's a powerful declaration that every son should be able to make. And I, I'll tell you this, you're beginning to come into that place where you can say, if you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. And we come through the process as Jesus did, developing that consciousness, that intimate relationship. So what I'm saying this morning is that we need to build into us the same awareness that Jesus had, and that's a very personal development. I can't develop that for you. I can't teach you into it. I can't speak a word of faith over you into it. It's building relationship. It's staying connected. It's building the conscious of my own self. I can do nothing. I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. Let me give you help this morning. Let me give you about a half a dozen things that will help build that consciousness into you. And if you bear down on these, if you begin to integrate these into your life uh, and meditate on it, 
There are times I get up early in the morning before I go to the gym and I sit and I have a cup of coffee. And as I'm sitting there, I'll just begin to think about some of these things. And it's amazing the revelation that comes out of this vine branch connection. That's some of the effects. The effects of consciousness is not always a new automobile or pair of shoes or your rent money. Sometimes it's a revelation that will spring you into an understanding that will take you to exactly what you need, but the supply comes from within you. But I'll tell you this, until your mind is renewed, until you become conscious that you and he are one, that it's not just a good confession, it's not just an affirmation of faith, but it becomes, I don't know how to say it, and I'm saying this gingerly this morning, but Jesus was the Word made flesh, and you are the flesh that's becoming the Word. You're, the Word dwells within you, and as it takes precedence and prominence in your life, through that awareness, through that God consciousness, through the vine branch connection, you will bear much fruit, and the fruit will come in all different ways. So what I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you six little things this morning. <clears throat> you say, well, I've heard those before. I know you've heard them before, but you have not built them into your life to where they become you. I'm talking about things this morning that have got to become your life. Not just an affirmation or confession or speaking a word of faith or trying to, to confess your way into something, fake it till you make it. That, that's so far behind us. These are vine branch connections that create supply that will bear much fruit. And the fruit, again, is going to come in all different ways, all different forms, all different directions. They create, and here's what I'm after, they create an awareness of oneness in your life. That is the key to living as he is in this present world. I want you to think on these things. Ponder about these things. Talk to the Father about it. Ask questions. Ask for insight. Ask for revelation. But never lose the connection. All right? Here, let me, let me give you six. First one is this. And I, I'm going to probably read these too fast for you to write down, so you may have to go back and, and write them down if you want to. But this is not an exhaustive list. You can come up with some good ones yourself. These are, these are ones that I, that, I, that I use, that I've... It's, they've helped me immeasurably. I was made in the image and the likeness of God. Anything else is a false identity that creates separation. Man, I can ponder that forever. I'm made in the image and the likeness of God. That's my true, authentic identity. And any other identity creates separation. I don't, I don't want to be separated. I'm learning how to stay connected. Number two, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't want for anything. I don't want for anything. I, the Lord is my shepherd. I am connected to the shepherd. Number three, I'm an heir of God. Join heir of Jesus. Man, you're talking about something mind-blowing. If you, if you can't get revelation out of I am an heir of God and a join heir of Jesus and what all that encompasses, man, then your wood is wet. That will light a fire within you. Number four, I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Let that sink deep. What does it mean to be a partaker of the divine nature? What is the divine nature? What, what, what is it about the Father? See, that'll lead you to meditate about the Father, his character, what he is. And that will begin to build that awareness into you because as he is, you are too. You're one. We just read in John 15, he's the vine, you're the branch. There's, you're inseparable. Number five, I am complete in him who is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
Now that word Godhead, somebody called me on it this week. There's no such thing in the Bible as the word Godhead. That's true. The actual word there is deity. So let me just plug that in. I am complete in him who is the fullness of deity in bodily form. I am complete in him. <clears throat> Number six, I don't live by bread alone, brother. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God to me. <clears throat> that word of God, that word that comes from God to me is the supply from the vine to the branch. And I'll tell you what, that's what directs me. That's what strengthens me. That's what fuels me. That's what brings revelation. That's what brings, you know, the drive that I have today is more than I had when I was 30 years old. And it's because of that divine flow. I'm telling you, you don't have to grow old and feeble. His word will sustain you. That, that, that vine will not stop pumping vitamins to you. And life, so much I can say about those. See, those are all Bible truths. Those are all objective facts. But they've got to become true to you. And the only way they can become true to you is if you think about them, ponder them, meditate them, give way to them, submit to them. Now those, uh, here's something else about these. These will help you to take sides with God against maybe what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're perceiving. See, you build these into your life, you begin to see with God's eyes. You begin to see with his understanding. So when things appear to you that are contrary to just these six that I gave you, I'm going to tell you what, it's going to help you to stand and resist against those. The Holy Spirit was given to us, was promised to us to take us deeper. So you take these six and know that the Spirit of Truth resides within you, and it's His job. And as you spend time alone like Jesus did, building, building God consciousness, see, we need... You need to spend more time developing sun consciousness than you do sin consciousness. You probably spent 10, 20, 30, 40 years, my case was 50 years, developing sin consciousness. Where I was failing, where I was coming up short and always trying to do better. But I'll tell you what, when I began to build sun consciousness like Jesus did, I'll tell you what, things begin to change pretty fast. So as, as the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does, as the Spirit of Truth does what the Spirit of, of Truth does, you're going to see more visible supply. And I can't wait to get to, to four things I just got to share with you this morning about how that visible supply is going to begin to work out. It, but it's going to come from the invisible. It's not coming from observable. The source of it, the supply of it, the vine is within, called the kingdom. The kingdom is your source. Call it the garden. It's your source. It's what everything emanates from. So when we talk about developing God consciousness, we're talking about you spending time and becoming known to him, him known to you. He knows everything about you. And I'm telling you what, he's wanting to show you many things, many things to tell us, but yet we're probably in some places we're not able to receive it yet. All right, John 8, 23. This is perspective right here. See, this is, move, this is the mind of Christ. This is the shift. Jesus said to them, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Let me read that again. You're from beneath, Jesus said, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. So what we're talking about this morning is shifting. It's a transition 
as he is to where we say, I'm not of this world. I'm not controlled by this world. I'm not controlled by what we see. But I got to ask you this morning, are you prepared to live out of another place? I, I, I'm not telling you stuff you learned down at your grandma's church. We're talking about living from a source and a place and a connection and a union and a oneness that few people have ever approached, but more our understanding is because the spirit of truth is active today. It's a 24-7 lifestyle, fully aware that every I am of the Father will absolutely kryptonite and destroy every one of your I am nots. I'm not able, I'm not skilled, I'm not educated, I'm not qualified. When the Father's I am, when Jesus' I am's become the, the source of your consciousness, I'm telling you what, that supply, again, that's a supply from the vine to the branch. If your branch has been bearing, I am not qualified, I'm not good enough, I'm not righteous enough, See, he's going he's gonna to pick that fruit off and throw it away, and he's supplying you something that's going to produce everything that I am. It's a radical shift. I'm talking to you this morning about moving out of the seen into the unseen. And as your supply and direction begins to flow, it's going to increase, and all you need to do is believe. We're starting to get into the invisible. This is, this is what it's about this morning. You're already functioning in the invisible. You're already believing it. John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh. It, the word went from invisible to visible. See, do you believe that? All right, then you're tapped in. You have some insight and you have some belief and some confidence in the invisible. See, if you believe the invisible word became the visible flesh, see, you're, you're already into that. It's just never been developed, never been pulled out of you. You're starting to believe the superiority of the invisible over the visible. That's what consciousness will develop. Can I tell you the truth this morning? The invisible controls the visible. What you can't see is going to determine what you can see. Right? All right. Here's my, here's my third, third point this morning. <clears throat> as, you, as you build what I'm talking about this morning into your life, changes are going to start happening. And I know many of you are already perceiving and experiencing great change. A life of grace, a life of truth is going to begin to emanate because the one who came full of grace and truth is your vine. He is your absolute source. And so this, this effortless change, my favorite definition of grace is a divine influence that produces effortless change as you rest in him. The resting in him is the developing of an awareness of a consciousness that the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's a tapping into the source of the vine that dwells within. And as that change begins to, that effortless change begins to surface and manifest, you're going to see yourself different. You're going to see people different, entirely different. There's going to be begin to become a love that emanates out of you. That's almost a universal testimony that I hear from people that have tapped in, into grace. There is, there is a change in the way they perceive people, the way they love people. Their, their tolerance, their forgiveness grows exponentially. You begin to see through the appearance of, of events 
and you begin to see what's going on behind the scenes, right? You begin to manifest effects on the in on the outside from the supply and the source that is within you. And you start to see, man, I understand this branch thing now. I'm beginning to understand that I'm bearing much fruit. That's that's the promise. Because I'm a, I'm I'm listening to the principle, right? Without him, I can't do anything. So let me give let me give you four quick ways this morning. Four quick ways that will begin to show that you are in fact tapped into supply that is within you from the from the vine, and that you as a branch are beginning to demonstrate. Now, I told you the supply produces the effortless change that we bear. So we begin to live as he is in this present world. And things that are visible begin to be added to us. Now, all, all, all four of these are not natural. These are not natural ways of living, but they demonstrate a different supply, a different kingdom, a different source, a different manifestation. It's beginning to show in the visible what has developed in the invisible. Right? So in the beginning, they're like these little green oranges. I have an orange tree in the backyard, and there, there'll be these little orange these little green things, these little green balls on the branches, a little sunshine, a little rain, they start turning orange. And man, eventually they become these great big luscious oranges that I can pick off there, cut them in half and make some orange juice or whatever I want to make out of there. But it's a development. See, Jesus grew in Luke 2, what is it? Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. There was a time he was that little green, green orange. He didn't, he was not fully matured when he was at the temple at 12. Right? Or even when he was 25. When he was 30, he, he went through the process for 30 years. Those 30 years he's developing the things we're talking about this morning so that he could show on the branch of his life what the vine, the father, had produced within him. Right now, these, these are not automobiles. I'm not going to talk about automobiles and new homes or million dollar bank accounts. Those may well come. I, I believe. They will. But these are absolute changes that begin to show outwardly from what's going on in. All right, ready for number one? It's a forgiveness and praying for your enemies. You ready for this? It's a forgiveness and praying for your enemies. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5. Some of you go, oh, crap. I didn't want to hear that one. Well, this when you begin to walk, Walk in grace, you begin to see things different than you've ever seen before. There are going to be some manifestations, and it's not going to be a labor. It's not going to be a tough pull for you to begin to do these things. Matthew chapter 5, and let me get way down here at verse 43. Here's Jesus speaking. You've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> That's See, that, that has got to come from God. You cannot do that naturally. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, pray for those that despitefully use you, that you may be sons, verse 45, of your Father that is in heaven, because here's how your supply works. Here's the, here's the vine. He makes his sun to shine on the evil, on the, on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So as that, as that vine that I just read to you of what the Father does. And notice when he says, when you begin to do this, you're gonna, you're gonna be, it's going to become visible. The fruit of your life is going to show that you're a son. 
He's developing sons, and he's not after disciples. He's after sons. This is post-resurrection, brother. We're talking about sonship. This is this is this is grace in action, my friend. Right? It's grace in action. It's an attitude, and it's a heart of the Father that supplies the ability to you to do this. If you, the branch the branch can't do this on its own. I'll tell you right now. I I've tried. You cannot do this. It has to be Him. Forgiving other people before they even ask. It's a work of the Father from within. Even if it's 70 times 7, <clears throat> you come back to that forgiveness. Sure you want this? You sure you want to be a branch that's connected to the vine? All right, number two is this. It's sharing. Simply sharing. Now, here's what I mean by that. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 20. I told you Jesus demonstrated this life. He didn't just put this out as theory. He came along and he actually lived this. All right, Matthew chapter 20. Let me get over there. There's chapter 20 and verse 28. All right, it's when you begin to give of yourself. Now here, Jesus demonstrated it. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life. To give his life as a ransom for many. And that many could be rightly translated as all. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Well, that, this is a tough one. Again, the, you know, building bigger barns and accumulating and our own self-interest is natural. But what Jesus said is this. When, the, when the, 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 the vine begins to work into the branch, there's going to be an attitude of a life of giving, pouring out of yourself. Gave his life a ransom for many. I didn't, Jesus said, I didn't, come, I didn't come for you to take care of me. I didn't come for you to minister to me. I came to minister to you. I came to set the captives free. I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to preach the gospel to the poor. I came to, to preach the year of Jubilee. Now, are you going to be taken advantage of? Absolutely. Are people going to use you and abuse you? I, I can almost guarantee you it will. They will. But it's a life of pouring out of yourself. Giving, giving away of yourself is the Christ is us life. That's, that's really what it is. Paul, Paul said it, something interesting in, in Acts chapter 20. I was meditating on this this week. And, and I was directed over here to this verse in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Um, let me get there. Come on, Bible, don't be sticking together. Here's what, here's what Paul discovered. Acts chapter 20. You know, I'm almost tempted to start just showing verses on the screen. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Is that right? Yes, Acts chapter 20, verse 24, I'm sorry. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. That's an attitude. That's, man, that is an erasing of you. This is, this is what ministry is about. This, the, the time that I give here teaching you, uh, that's life, right? Paul said, none of these things move me. I, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Man, there's a lot of us that have just given our lives over to this. 
See, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a life of pouring out. Now, here's, you say, well, I, I don't know about that. Here, let me explain to you. The giving of your life translates into time. When I get a question, I get so many questions. Let me just say, forgive me if I don't answer all of them because they're just they're the same questions all the time. You can take them to the Don Keithley ministry page and ask, and there'll be a lot of people happy with it. But if I get a question and I spend 10 minutes answering it, I've just laid my life down. I can't get that 10 minutes back. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about giving out of himself for this grace message that he was taking to the to the nations. So when when you when you share out of your life, you're giving your life. See, the, the world naturally wants you to just spend your life selfishly, right? The, the number one thing I hear from people, used to hear, especially when I was a pastor, number one thing I would hear from people is, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's because they're spending it in a lot of different directions. So it becomes a work of the Father to show us where we need to invest our time, which is investing our life, and to give us the heart to share, to give us the time, the talents, to be able to distribute to people. All right, number three, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go here. Number three is, is gratitude. <laughs> it's naturally to expect, it's, it's, and to be disappointed when you don't get it, right? A, a lifestyle that totally gives thanks. Paul said, um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Just give thanks in everything. Not for everything, but in everything. Paul said, I've learned in every state where I'm in to be content. That's, that's a life of gratitude. I've, I've got good stuff. I'm, I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm, I'm happy with, with the way that it is. Doesn't mean you're satisfied. Doesn't mean you would, will not receive more, but you're not all uptight and angry and you give thanks and gratitude for what you have, all right? It's, it's, it's knowing that he's going to supply to you everything you need. All right, number four. Number four. It's giving out of your financial resources. And this is one I really wanted to talk about this morning because many of us have been abused and used financially in church. And there's so many grace people that have just shut themselves up. Said, I ain't giving to anything. I'm not giving to no ministry. That that's 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 not listening to the to the to the vine that is from within. Knowing that you are, and this is a revelation to me, I'll tell you, knowing that you're fully connected to an unending supply affects the way that you give. I lived for years just doing the tithe, man. And then I would, I would do above the tithe. I'd give offerings here, offerings there, special speakers, missions, building, all that stuff. But I never, you know, it, it just is what I did. But I never really grasped until I got grace, understanding that I, and this vine branch helped a lot, that I am connected to an unending supply that changed my whole attitude on giving. The Christ as us life is not determined by the amount we give. It's a lot determined by what he asks us to give. That's the whole key. What does he ask you to do? This, this is not a business. It's not. Um, you know, given $10 so you can get a hundredfold return. That's not, that's not the dimension we live in. Well, let me ask you this. 
If you, if you actually believe that you're connected to an unending source, would you rather have a hundredfold return or know that no matter what comes, that source, that vine is able to put the fruit on your branch of whatever it is that you give? Now, my giving, I give, man. I'm telling you, I give. But I'm sensitive to where the Father says to give. I support other ministries. Absolutely do. There are some that uh, I will see and I, I will give a one-time gift to. There are others that I support every single month because they minister to me. They bless me. They nourish me. They have insight. They, I can see the life of God on I support them every month. I've got, I don't know, three, four, five ministries every month. I just have an automatic out of, out of my account. It just goes straight to them. I bless them. And I don't miss it. I obviously don't miss it. But it's not compulsion. I'm not being taken advantage of. As, as a branch connected to the mind, I know that this resource will be there, and I'm sensitive. I only say what I say. The, hear the Father say. I only do what I hear, see the Father do. So when the Father says, this is what you need to do with those uh, resources I've given to you, I do it. I do it. So to demonstrate supply, whether it's forgiveness or rent money or a new car, is to know that the supply comes from the vine, and I'm, I'm starting to, to park the bus here, all right? He's the vine, and when we understand that, we can demonstrate by filling ourselves with a consciousness of him and his ever-abiding presence. Now, if you didn't hear anything I said this morning, here's, I want you to get this. I hope all of you stayed with me up to this point. It's about 40, 45 minutes into the teaching. I want you, if you get nothing out, I want you to get this. Awareness of his presence amplifies his voice. People say, I, I, God doesn't talk to me. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Awareness of his presence. You're driving on the street. You're just aware of his presence. You're, you're walking in, taking a shower, getting all leather. You're aware of his presence. And when it just comes to you, be aware of his presence. And I'll tell you what it does. I, I, I can't explain to you, but I'll tell you this. It will amplify his his voice, it will, it will increase your sensitivity to the direction that he's giving you. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom, seek first the consciousness, seek first the awareness, and everything else will be added to you, and those added to you's begin to flow as you're conscious of him, you're sensitive to his voice, you sense his direction, and you demonstrate the realization that the Father alone is the source of all supply. Understanding that the Father has made all things available to you. Jesus said the Father's given everything into the hands of the Son. And then Jesus turns around and says the Spirit will give to you out of what I have. That's what it means to be Absolutely complete in him who is the fullness of deity and bodily form. You and the Father are one. And I tell you, that equals supply, whether it's gratitude, whether it's giving, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's a brand new car, whether it's a house, it doesn't matter. The Father is the vine. You're the branch. He is the supply. And the Father looks at you this morning and he says this, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. All I ask is that you stay connected. Stay aware 
of my, of my presence. Develop our consciousness together. The life that I designed for you is one that we walk in union, that we walk as one as the Father walks with the Son. So your, your mind is beginning to catch that. Your spirit's beginning to catch that. And as you do, you'll never be the same. He's pulling you out of the seen into the unseen and knowing that he's there for you in all things. Amen? All right, I got to go. I think we've covered a lot of ground this morning. I encourage you to go back. Listen to this again second time. Take some notes. Write down the things I, I gave you that will help you to develop consciousness and awareness. And when, and when you begin to see the things springing up in your life, when you begin to see the, the, the forgiveness begin to flow to those that don't des- you don't think deserve it, and you begin to pour and share out of your life, and you have gratitude, and you're, you're giving out of the resource that the, that, that the vine has given to you, and those big old oranges, whatever they are appearing like, and you begin to pick a few off and give to other people. I tell you what, it's the best life possible, man. There's no life like it. That's what the abundant life is about that Jesus came to give us. God bless you. Hope you got a bunch out of this. I did teaching it. I got a bunch out of it. See you next week, same time at the Digital Cathedral. Have a great week. Know that you're loved, you're favored, and God loves you beyond anything you could ever envision and imagine. See you next time. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.